0: To what degree is it, is it truly possible for us to empathize with one another? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, based on the answer to that question, like, how can we more effectively
1: like, develop a greater consciousness about environmental issues? What's going on, everybody? You are now listening to Dr. Thomas Rashad Easley. I'm a hip hop artist, forester and Assistant Dean of Community and Inclusion at the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies. Welcome to the Heartwood Podcast. Now, in this episode, I speak with our very own Chris Perkins, the man behind the scenes here at Heartwood. Chris' nature is quiet, but his impact is strong, always. He's a joint degree candidate between the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies and the Yale School of Management. So you know he has a big brain, y'all, come on. He also works for the National Outdoor Leadership School and provides logistical support to the Outdoor CEO Diversity Pledge. He and I connected early on about the role of music, art and culture in inspiring our environmental values. And so this conversation captures just that. Simply, two friends from different backgrounds diving into each other's worlds. And I tell you, I had a good time. And this is one of the few times you will hear Chris talk a lot. So I hope you get a kick out of this conversation with him. And as I always ask, please send me your feedback or suggestions to thomas.easley at yale.edu. Enjoy this conversation for real. You know the thing that I also like is seeing when they come together like when the genres come together like yeah. i remember when jay-z and lincoln park you know came together rest in peace chester you know? yeah now uh, that, that's still one of my favorite bands lincoln park yeah and i went wow that's a smash up like I. That, it's that's like the ori-
0: original mashup
1: yeah yeah it's like they did it you yeah. know um can i get an encore come dude? on you want more that's the video that's yeah. the one they, well, it was encore and no no, oh, yeah, no, man, and that's like the first song on that first album, so it's yeah. just like, what? Yeah, um, what I love is that everyone was just who they were. That's how I felt when I was in Montana. Yeah, like I wasn't trying to be country, you mm-hmm. know, or be rock. Uh, I didn't feel like my who became my friends were trying to be hip hop, or trying to be R and B. Some of us connected on jazz. Mm-hmm. It's like that was a kind of a. Jazz was the one for all of us. Like when I was up in in Montana, it was it was jazz and funk. Mm-hmm. Everybody that I met in Montana knew James Brown. Mm-hmm. They knew Parliament Funkadelic. Mm-hmm. They knew uh, Curtis Mayfield. Mm-hmm. You know, but they also knew uh, Herbie Hancock, mm-hmm. um, Kenny G, mm-hmm. Charlie Parker. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, okay. So that was how I kind of, how I stayed. It's like, that was the entertaining. Hip-hop for me when I was there was always education. Because it was always me explaining what's what's being said in the song. And they would do the same for me, you know, like with certain songs. I'm like, man, why why is he singing like that? Why in the world does Darius Rucker or Darius Rucker, like, what's the purpose of that song, you know, trying to get it? And so I feel like hip music to me is a, a... it's a it's a it's, it's glue mm-hmm. to me. That's what music is. Music can bring us together. Now, when I think about forestry, because mm-hmm. I think where does music come from? Yeah, like what you know. And mu- to me, music sounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, sounds. And then we put rhythm to it. You know, or we put it into 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 a rhythm. Every time I'm outside, I hear music every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even talking about pollution and the cars and. The, I'm talking about the leaves, ruffling, whistling when the winds like going. The wind. <laughs> like, it's up here yeah. the wind. Yeah. The wind sounds like it's coming to fight me. One uh, time
0: man. you and I were recording and there was a thunderstorm. Sam was in here, too. Yeah, yeah. And there was just that huge thunderstorm that every time you two said something powerful, it was like boom, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I know what you mean.
1: You know, rain. Yeah. Um. So to me... Music is really probably in the essence of who we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as a human species, it's, it is in the essence of who we are. Because mm-hmm. if music starts playing, unless you like the, unless you know it, or if the rhythm gets you, nobody hardly ever just sits still. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your color is; it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You feel it. You either turn. Some people close their eyes you know mm-hmm. some people start moving like me i always move with it just mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's like my body just
0: me too you know i don't see how you cannot move when you hear a song you
1: like right yeah right I, so i, I have a, mm-hmm. a question
0: for you based based yes, off sir. that like
1: okay
0: you are someone who appreciates music you're someone who makes music you're someone mm-hmm. who appreciates the outdoors and hears music in the outdoors yeah so when you go outside mm-hmm. uh for any reason whether it's hiking or just for a walk or to do a forestry project mm-hmm. Do you listen to music on headphones? Mm-mm. You don't?
1: Mm-mm. Not anymore. Not anymore? It's a distraction.
0: From, I need
1: to, from what's going on outside. Yeah. Like I feel like the forest for me, so I meditate every day, mm-hmm. and, and most times I meditate to music, it's mm-hmm. uh, soft music, but I also meditate to insect sounds, because mm-hmm. I like to hear, in birds, I like yeah. to hear the chirping or, or like a waterfall or something. So when I'm outside in the forest, Right. Well, I mimic that sound in my place. So when I'm outside, I try to take it in. And because when I get in the forest for some reason, um, I feel like I should meditate, mm-hmm. or I feel meditative. that's the word, you know. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's like something kind of takes over. So I'll take my headphones off. The only time, and, and and I haven't done it in like the last year where I've listened to my headphones walking in the forest. Mm-hmm. So I actually just take them off. But the only time that I know that I would want to is probably from exercising. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, running up. You know, like trying to do an like incline the or Yeah. But because I'm not out there exercising, Yeah. Um, I'm out there like either taking it in, doing a project, taking some kind of inventory or something, or going out to get away from here so I can get creative again. Yeah. Because I feel like that music, those sounds I hear in the forest are actually suggestions from the universe. Like, letting me, if I can just, just sit down and just pay attention, it's like. You're giving me instruction. Mm-hmm. You're telling me how to do something. Because yeah. the forest for me represents how we should live anyway. I like So that. I feel like I get that from there too. You
0: know, it's interesting. I'm I'm split. Like, I, mm-hmm. I have times in my life where, like, I work for Knowles, for instance, the National Outdoor Leadership School, and we go mm-hmm. on trips for a month with mm-hmm. no music. And that's amazing, you know. It's, it's like a mm-hmm. regrounding. Uh, it's a chance to be... Like in solitude, more often than we get in the world, I, I listened mm-hmm. to a really cool podcast recently about general like the general lack of solitude in the world nowadays. Mm-hmm. And when I go into that environment, uh, I'm putting myself in solitude, which initially feels boring because we're sort of hardwired to be stimulated mm-hmm. in, in, at least in in this sort of world that we occupy every day. Oh, yeah. And it takes like a three or four day adjustment to realize that what you're perceiving as as boredom is actually just like solitude and peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in, in that context, I really love not having music, and especially students not having music, because for many of whom, like you know, they've probably grown up with a cell phone nowadays right, at least. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Grown up with stimulation. It's like a huge mm-hmm. transition. You can see their brainwaves kind of recalibrating a little bit. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. I also have had some of my most powerful outdoor experiences Mm -hmm. listening to music. Okay, And the reason for that is like you have a song you like, Mm -hmm. uh, you have a song you think is beautiful, and you listen to it in a a normal environment, whether you're inside or uh, at your house or with friends at a party. It Mm -hmm. sounds beautiful, but then you take it into the outdoors in a place where maybe you're on your own or you have a beautiful vista. All of a sudden mm-hmm. that song ascends to like a level that you didn't know it could take. When not only are you listening to it, you've got mm-hmm. these like harmonies and melodies colliding in your head, but all of a sudden you have this visual landscape mm-hmm. uh, to accompany that sound or like mm-hmm. a, a small observation that you're making. For instance, I, I really like this uh, producer nowadays named James Blake. And he James Blake, okay. he makes these very like kind of uh otherworldly electronic sounds uh that for me have taken on the most meaning when i've been outside Mm -hmm. and so i i guess the way i think about it is like when an artist made that song in a studio there was no way for them to ever imagine like how much the external environment could complement that song Mm -hmm. and me listening to music outside is a opportunity to like kind of explore that potential yeah. and like how powerful a song can can be for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, the, and like i can think back to like long hikes or, or mountains i've gone up and remember the music i was listening to that day because it creates such like a cor- convergence in my in my mind mm, yeah so yeah. for me it's both i've i've these times mm-hmm. where i I love the silence and solitude and the disconnect and others where I'm like I feel like I'm just enhancing this thing that I already loved so much.
1: Mm, okay, okay. I definitely feel well if I'm out with people in the forest, yeah. Uh, like if I'm at a powwow yeah. or something, um, that's where the music in the forest takes on a whole like transformative thing, you know, because now it's cultural, now it's spiritual, now right. it's uh, but all at the same time you know, and that was music, and that was entertaining, all at the same time, and it's educational. Um, it's affirming, it's humbling too, though, you know, and because there's so much w- with regard to protocol, you know, within the community that we have to operate while playing, I mean, I can't even play at a powwow, you know, yeah. you have to be called to do that, you have to be skilled to do that, taught how to do it, Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, some people believe that playing with the rhythms of the drum can do something to you inside, you right. know. Um, so yeah I, I, feel, I feel the same way. Uh, it just, it, music represents, it's funny, I think music represented so much for me and I think the forest is representing what music used to represent for me now. Yeah. Like music was an escape. Yeah. Not that the forest should be an escape because you know like we say people in the environment there's no separation or yeah. nature in the environment yeah, or you know yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's what the forest is becoming. I used to listen to music to go somewhere else. Even though what I'm listening to is tell, telling me about where I am. It's funny, you know. But what I realized is a lot of times what I was doing is I was, how can I put, I was, try, I was picturing, it is, it's funny, I feel like I've manifested where I am now musically. Because when I was younger, all I wanted to do was be the people who were making the music. Yep. So I would listen yep. and picture myself making music, like, that's Method Man rapping that. Okay, if I was Method Man, yeah <laughs> right. Know, like, yeah, yeah, what would I do if I was under 3000? You know, yeah, what would yeah. I do? Would I would I change that? So that's how I started making music on my own was writing to their music. And in all right. honesty, and um, it's funny to me. I named, the crew name Dean's list was funny. Four years ago, that's when I came up with it. Four years ago, and to be a Dean now, that's what's weird.
0: Is so there some irony there for you? Like irony, <laughs> yeah. Right, because I was just like, we're going
1: to say Dean's List and yeah. we just do we the best. You know, we're yeah. the best in North Carolina. we all college educated. That's it. Yeah. And then, and it was the crew who told me last year. They were like, now that's funny.
0: You're a you're like, real dean now. Right. Yeah, they yeah.
1: asked me, they were like, how do you like your list? And I was like, it's, I don't have a list. It's a crew. And they were like, no, it's called a dean's list. I was like, yeah, we all in it together. They were like, "It's only one dean in the crew. And I yeah. was like. Oh. That's me. So that's what I feel music also has done for me is helping me to manifest yeah. things um, in time and I just didn't know that that's what I was yeah. doing. You know, I did, you know, picturing me doing that, it's funny, it's like listen to it because it teaches me. That's why I love the trial call course, so much. Like, thank you Q-Tip. Thank you, Fight Dog. OutKast saved my life. They said, get up, get out. That's when I stopped getting high. I said, okay, I gotta yeah. get up, get out and do something. I had already gotten into trouble at that time, but that song made me not want to get in trouble anymore, okay? So then, when I go to college, it's like you know, prove yourself in college hip hop. I got bars, I can rap, I can do this. When I'm working, it's like hip hop help me stay cool mm. and chill, but or music help me stay cool and chill, but also help me make friends. Because mm. music, you know, if, if we identify, it's almost like it's a it's an instant. Even people who typically wouldn't get along across a table, if they saw each other at a concert, they might be like, "Yo, what's up?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've and all had the that. the show's over, right? Yeah. You're like. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. was I just, was, was that, I just yeah. doing that?
0: Yeah.
1: He likes DMX too? Like, oh, you know. Yeah. And then I start working, music becomes survival. Yeah. Like in the 2000s, that's what it became for me. Then it became, I got to express myself so I don't feel like I'm suffocating. Mm. And that's when I realized, oh, I still got something to say. Like, I, Cause I had, here's the funny thing. I was like, I'm not gonna be 30 years old rapper. Mm-hmm. Who does that? not realizing jay Z is almost 50 rapping, but (laughs) KRS-One is 50 rapping, Um, so it became that. And then when I started making music, it really, it was almost like it it became full circle. I want my music to do what music did to me when I was younger. I want my music to save somebody's life. So I realized that how people enter music probably does impact how they do music too. Hmm. I want my music to save lives. I want my music to be easy to listen to. That's what Outkast was for people. That's what the Tribe Called Quest was. That's why I could play it, and people wouldn't run. They'd be like, "It's jazzy. That's nice." You know, mm-hmm. it'd be a little curse word here and there, if that, but it wasn't vulgar. Mm-hmm. So I said, "I don't want my music to be vulgar." Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want my I want my mom to like my music. Mm-hmm. I want my dad to like it, which they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if my grandma's still alive, I want her to be able to say, "That's my grandbaby." Mm-hmm. You know, and rap the song. So that's why we don't curse in our music. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I still want the music to do like what it did when I was younger. Mm. I still want, when you listen to it, you want to keep playing it. Mm-hmm. When you turn it on, you're like, that's the, you hear what he just said? You hear what she just said? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why our music is like it is. Mm-hmm. It's nobody, nobody in the crew makes anything whack. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not bad. I don't think like I'm the best person in the crew, but I am the executive producer. Everything runs through me. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'll listen to everything and go, no, that's whack. Mm-mm, who told you to rap like that? <laughs> yeah. you know, why'd you make that beat? Why, or, that's dope. Hey, yeah. a minute of 52, change this and do that. Bro, let's remix it, do this. Girl, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, you know. And so, and then when I listen to our catalog, we actually have a bad catalog. Yeah. You know, just some good music.
0: What you're describing is a lot like the process for me when I was in my jazz band in high school. Okay. We had some uh, so we had this amazing uh, pipeline, basically, between my middle school and high school jazz bands. Okay. They, both our instructors were from Louisiana. Uh, one went to Grambling State, one went to Southern, so they had this incredible, sort of like a informal rivalry, but they also worked together. And for those of you who don't know who these bands are, they're some of the two best marching bands in the South. Yes, in the South! Yeah. And so they were bringing that level of passion Mm -hmm. and coordination to their middle school and high school jazz bands, respectively. So in middle school, Mr. Mm -hmm. Nat, our instructor, had -hmm. this sort of militaristic discipline about the way he conducted the band. Mm -hmm. Everyone, when he walked in, was sitting straight up. Mm -hmm. Our instruments at the ready, He was known for stopping songs in like the third measure and Mm -hmm. screaming at the trumpet section, you're not holding your weight. Mm -hmm. Kids would cry almost every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you thought you were better than someone else in your section, Mm -hmm. you could challenge them. If you've seen the movie Drumline, you you know what's going on. Uh, Which added a level of competitiveness and challenge Mm -hmm. to a music environment. That Mm -hmm. was in the moment stressful, but it made us really Competent and talented musicians. Yes. So, when we went to high school, we had Mr. Acox, who uh, went to Southern, and he was much more loose. He was, he was a lot more about uh, using the talent you had gained in middle school and just like flourishing and blooming and expressing your creativity. Mm-hmm. So, Everyday in Band was kind of this scenario that you just described, where we'd be okay. working through a piece, okay. and Acox would uh, stop us in the middle and say, Hey, I think we could do like a little bit more with like the the bone section there. Like, what if we riffed on like this line, and he would like pull out some sort of riff from the Duke Ellington band in like the nineteen forties or fifties, and we would all, incorpor- all of a sudden incorporate this new layer, or like two mm-hmm. soloists would be soloing, having some kind of battle, and he'd say like, I think that can be more. Like, challenge us to be better, <laughs> and it just created this culture of like total creativity and. Total mastery of our instruments, and you know when we when we played in this competition in New York City, mm-hmm. the the piece that we eventually played was like this sort of conglomeration of parts from different Ellington bands throughout uh, the '40s and '50s, mm-hmm. and soloists on the flugelhorn and mm-hmm. trombone and mm-hmm. tenor saxophone. Who were influenced by musicians from different eras, and it was just like this super cool creative culture that we developed. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me a lot of like what you just described mm. on a different scale. But yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing to have that level of creativity in high school.
1: I had Mr. Wright and yeah. Upshaw, Carlton Wright, who still teaches at. I'm, I'm saying it because I'm proud, and yeah. George Upshaw. Yeah, they both played in the best show band of the South, which is Alabama A&M University. Okay fighting bulldogs, which is why I went to undergrad. Yeah, sure. And uh, Mr. Wright was my first teacher, my first band teacher. He was very much, I'll just say military about it. Uh, He was also in Omega, so he was a member of Omega Psi Phi. So what I felt like we had in the band was he brought a lot of what they did on a fraternity level in the university. As well as what you do musically into the band, very so disciplined.
0: It was, and it was a marching
1: yeah. band, so yeah. we had to, our knees had to be ninety, you know, like ninety degrees. We had always elbow cocked out like this, yeah. you know. You had to look, yep. you know. Nobody could cross, you know, like yep. during the line. Yeah. Uh, if you messed up, you may get smashed on the back yeah. of your neck. Like I said, it's like crabbing, you know. Right. like, uh, it's, it's, It was. All, it was really. It, it was a lot like pledging. Yeah. I mean, it, it really was. Yeah. Uh, not saying that I agree with that, but but it was. It did make us it's stronger. Effective. It made it's us effective. better. Yeah that was Mr. Wright. And Mr. Upshaw, who was not Greek, he didn't share that same, he didn't, you know, but he shared the same feeling of excellence. Hmm. Now, Mr. Upshaw's style though was, uh, it's the band featuring, no, it was, he said, it's not the band featuring the dancers, it's the dancers featuring the band. Oh, wow. So, a lot of attention was put on the girls. Yeah, yeah, you right. know, on the flag girls, and the majorettes, and the tiger, you know, all of that stuff, and they were, of course, beautiful. And then he left, and then Mr. Wright came back. Oh. And I remember, you know I mean? He got another job, and then yeah, Mr. Yeah. Wright came back, and when Mr. Wright came back, I wasn't playing at the time, because then I was playing football.
0: Are we talking trombone
1: stuff? Still talking trombone. Yeah, yeah. And Mr. Wright asked me one day, he went, Thomas, man, how come you ain't? How come, this is while I was in high school, how come you I, I come stopped playing? And I said, so I didn't stop playing, Mr. right I just wanted to try something different, you know, because I played since I was sixth grader all the way up until I was a junior mm. in high school. And I was in the bands. I did everything. And I did it. And I'll be honest, I'm glad that I did that because what that allowed me to do was focus to admit that there was something that I really wanted, and it was hip hop. Mm. I wanted my voice. I wanted to be as good with my voice as my instrument as I was with the trombone. I'll admit I'm better with my voice than I am the trombone, but I still right. play the trombone. Uh, and now I actually just saw Mr. Wright two years ago before I started working here, uh, or technically a year and a half, ago, I should say. And uh, now he, he he loves my music. Mm. He was like, "I like what you kept doing." I was like, "You really kept doing yeah. it." And he can, and on some of my songs, you can hear it. I play the trombone in the background. Nice. You know, like you can hear like on some of my stuff, like what's that horn? And yeah. like, why does it sound like that? And it's like yeah. it's live. It's not. You know, it's not, it's not arranged. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's actually, I composed and I did yeah. it. And so it, he appreciates that I still, like, instead of becoming a jazz musician or classical musician like he did, which in some ways I feel like that's what he was trying to make, because that's why we were so good. Mm-hmm. But he felt like, he told me, what he called me, he said, you became a musician. Mm-hmm. He said, music became your life. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that you do. And I was like, right. Like, mm-hmm. I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I breathe it. You know, mm-hmm. and I can tell the difference in, in some ways in my crew. At mm-hmm. um, first, Dean's List is the best, y'all better get ready. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's coming, you shout know what I'm saying? We come We coming, shout out. <laughs> Shameless plug, Dean's List, y'all. But um, like Mitch, who's in the crew, he played drums. You can tell how he is on the, on, in, in his music versus other people. Mm-hmm. Because he thinks, because he can sing, he thinks about how he sounds over the beats, and he'll change some things up. Whereas B is like, he's straight up like Bulldog when it comes to lyrics. Like, nobody better touch him. Yep. Like, he is yep. the lyricist yep. in the crew. Io played football. So, Io got the heaviness when he wrote. Right. He didn't play music, but he got the heaviness. Joe T, who makes beats, you can hear it in the music. Mm. He played music. Mm. He was like in my section. You know, we both played, played trombone together. So you, can, so, you can, to me, when people are musicians, and they get involved in music, in my opinion, on a certain level, you'll actually never be done with it. Yeah. Because music is in you. So, like, one of the reasons I'm not listening to music, I haven't listened to music in the last four days. The reason I'm not listening to music because I haven't been inspired to create anything new or to just listen. That's me. That's I, I I haven't been inspired. Yeah. But I've been, um, but I know when I'm on my train ride tomorrow, I know yeah. I'm going to, like, you know, just be jamming the music. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, this was a... Uh Mr. Wright, you were talking about Mr. Wright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it takes like a good teacher to realize that, you know, they have given you all the tools and the work ethic and the structure mm-hmm. to become competent, but mm-hmm. like the ultimate expression of their investment in you mm-hmm. is your ability to like take your personality and flourish with your instrument or your mm-hmm. voice, mm-hmm. and like what you were just describing with. Your crew is mm-hmm. like everyone has like this baseline level of competence that yeah. was instilled in some way or another by a respect for music, mm-hmm. and just like Mr. Wright gave you, mm-hmm. and now you have this ability to, you know, bloom mm-hmm. and be yourself. And it may yeah. not be jazz or classical; mm-hmm. it may not be as clean as he would like all the time mm-hmm. in terms of like your sound, mm-hmm. but what he did was give you the confidence to express yourself yeah. and that's what I feel as well from my music experience growing up is that they were just laying the, found work, the foundation for us to express ourselves in whatever way possible. So mm-hmm. for me after high school I was not a professional musician, mm-hmm. but I did play saxophone in college. I was in a funk band and a Talking Heads cover band
1: Oh, snap. in the horn what? section.
0: Because okay. any and live... And what,
1: and what horn? I don't know what I just Alto, to hear. alto saxophone. You y'all I heard that? that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it was great because any live concert is better with horns. Okay. gotta well, say it. <laughs> yeah, it's like... no, <laughs> And so you're universally appreciated by the, the fans. They yes. love the live horn section. Yes. And you're just like adding these cool colors to whatever else is going on on stage. So mm. it was just mm-hmm. like the most fun uh, it's especially to be around other musicians. So oh. I want to talk about one more thing uh, before we, we close out. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking a lot about empathy recently and especially I think music's role in building empathy. And this is something you were kind of talking about earlier. Okay. You were saying when you listen to certain hip hop, mm-hmm. uh, you may not have had that experience, like for instance, an uh, experience growing up in New York. Yes, But there are aspects of that lifestyle, whether it's like the community or the violence or the challenge that you relate to nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And you have sort of an ability to put yourself in the shoes of that musician and relate. When I listen to hip hop, I, have, I haven't had any of those experiences. I like grew up in a really comfortable existence in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Seattle, man. Love Seattle's it. a good place. Yeah, I really love for it. Real. Uh, and so, like, in a sense, like I, in listening to music, am practicing a certain degree of empathy. Mm-hmm. You, in listening to music, are also practicing a degree of empathy. But arguably, your lifestyle is, uh, or unarguably, your lifestyle is much closer to what those musicians are, are putting out. Mm-hmm. So, the the question I have for you is like, to what extent, uh, you know, in in the, the environmental world, for instance, there's a lot of folks like myself who have not gone through challenge or struggle, but want to be able to empathize with those of us who have really different lifestyles or experiences in the environment, perspectives on the outdoors, etc. Mm-hmm. To what extent can someone like me truly empathize with that existence versus uh, just like, Sympathize with that experience. Like it mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. it feels absurd for me, Chris, to say, Oh, I can empathize with you, Thomas, because nothing about my lifestyle growing up was like remotely similar to the challenges that you experienced growing up. Mm-hmm. So to say I empathize with you feels false. It doesn't feel Aye. real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I want to be able to Account for your experience in the way I consider the world. Mm-hmm. <coughs> does it? Does this sort of like question make sense? Like, mm. to to what degree is it is it truly possible for us to empathize with one another? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, based on the answer to that question, like, how can we more effectively like develop a greater consciousness about environmental issues?
1: General specific superficial, or surface, depth. So in general, everybody has had a struggle and some kind of pain. The question is, what is it? The specific is where we find that out. So in general, if we can, if we at least start there, there, we might be able to establish some kind of commonality. Same with the surface, okay, S-s-s- superficial, if I'm talking about a topic or something you know, like that. Uh, we can probably come at it, at least in the beginning, we can come at the top layer, right? But then I gotta go deep and then, the depth that I take, I may go southwest, you may go northeast, you know what I'm saying? Like we'll, we'll, we'll go different. So I think that it's, I don't know if it's actually possible to fully empathize with people unless I've had the experience, but I do think that it is highly needed for us to try to understand what people are saying. And that's why I just went on to codify general specifics mm-hmm. because, I, so I have to say, okay, like, if I know that we're talking about something in general, so say, okay, I get that. Okay, cool. If I'm secure in myself, and let's say we're talking about like a struggle or something like, you know, like that's hip hop re- related. And, and if I'm secure and I'm in a good place, my aim is to help or work with you, my friend, for us to go deeper together. Mm-hmm. So I'm so, saying? Okay, oh, you, you, you there? You know what? Let's take a walk in Queens now. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's go, like together, we're gonna do this together. And vice versa. Then you would need to do that with me, okay, mm-hmm. Thomas? Let me show you this. You mm-hmm. see, and at that point, what that, what there are a couple of things happening there. Now you're letting me lead you on something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: See, and if you allow that, and I treat that like treat you like a garden and tend to it, mm-hmm. I believe I can get. I, we can together get to a place where you actually understand now. Like, oh, mm-hmm. that's what you went through, mm-hmm. and maybe your input, empa- your your empathy. Develops itself in a way to either have a solution to rectify it, or have another way to communicate it mm-hmm. to someone else, so that they'll get it. You know, so then I can see you taking that and doing something with it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, excuse me, I just said, oh I usually don't say that. I usually don't say that. Do you want to uh, say it again? No, I, I you don't say um. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I, just, yeah. I think I'm just thinking. Uh, I, I, but I, I do think though. I, I just think that it's important for us to try. I think mm-hmm. that. Music. See, to me, music makes it easier for people to try. Yeah. Because if I can groove to it, then I may actually listen to it, and if I right. listen to it, I may actually ask you a question about it. Yeah. And if I ask you a question, like I said, and if I'm in a good place, and I answer, a relationship starts it's gonna start forming now. Well, what really what you weird. just
0: described, I think, that is super critical. Is there's this like element of choice in building mm-hmm. empathy, mm-hmm. and like I think so many people in my position. Come into this space, being like, I want to empathize with you, like Thomas. Mm-hmm. I want to empathize with you, mm-hmm. uh, but it comes across as more of a demand rather than like an interest. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, what you've mm-hmm. described is like, if we have developed a level of trust in a relationship where it seems valuable to you that I gain certain understanding about your experience, mm-hmm. then you can like extend that invitation and have control over that experience versus mm-hmm. me like saying i want to empathize and like dictating the terms of what i want to understand about you because like right. oftentimes we i think those of us who at least like myself i would argue have had less struggle like desperately want to understand lifestyles that are unlike ours mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but, like, that's not how the world works. You know, you don't just, like, get to understand things whenever it's convenient.
1: Ah, well,
0: actually. Tell me what you think. I do
1: think that it, the world does work that way. I just think that as we get older, it either takes on a different meaning or it changes. Like, if I'm a child and I want to learn something in a classroom, most teachers give it to the children. Right. Like they give it to them. Like, yeah. you want to know what? You know, I, I'll say good teachers. I qualify. I think good yeah. teachers uh, will answer that child. Uh, a child asks a question, why is she, like say they see someone who's like uh, disabled or something, why yeah. is that happening? Yeah. You know, here again, remember how I said attending to them. You can answer them without embarrassing or shaming, you know, someone else, and you can also answer them or you can stifle or quiet them down without hurting their feelings to say, let me either deal with that later or it's not appropriate for us to deal You know, with that. Yeah. That's not, so the, the key is don't run the individual away from the milieu or from, or from the environment. Yeah. It works both ways, right. see? So the person who's curious, curiosity needs to be fed right. with some kind of gentle, you know, even if it's deep and it's hard, there needs to be some kind of gentleness so that they can swallow it, so that they right. can digest it. The person who's being asked, yeah, same way. Like, right. there needs to be a gentleness with them with, you know, what I wanna know. And so then we, so, and that's why I say it's really a relational thing because we just end up tending to each other. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to cause PTSD if someone's been through something. I don't want to uh, contribute to someone's uh, unmanaged fragility by not, you know, like, knowing how to respond to them, Mm -hmm. you know, and by not knowing how to keep them in there with me, you Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's why I like that, you know, that's why I love music, that's, to me, like, that's what music does.
0: Yeah, well, I was gonna, I was thinking, like, when you were saying that, for me, like, music and particularly listening to hip hop was like my first experience building empathy because it was my first experience being watching this sort of like canvas being painted in front of my mind of a lifestyle that was totally different than my own mm-hmm. and picking out little bits and pieces that like I was interested in and curious about and like wanted to understand better mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. in my relationships with people both at my school and like later in life mm-hmm. I w- I'm able to, like, come into just a greater degree of understanding about what it is that makes that person tick based on, like, just having this greater world awareness based on the sort of music I listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think that, like, as a 15-year-old or 14-year-old kid, like, that's a that's a powerful experience to have, just have your, your sort of framework shifted on what, the world you're a part of, actually is, and that for me is yeah. what hip hop was.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. From and then hip hop showed me that so many things were possible. Right. I think seeing people like Tupac do what he did, as big as he got, i mean, mm-hmm. shoot as big as he still is, even in death.
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> huge. Know,
1: still huge, man. I mean, still, I like, one of the top selling hip hop. I'm like, there's a person who doesn't get to enjoy the fruits of LA because he's still one of the top selling artists in the world. Yeah. But, but he's not here to enjoy uh, Notorious B.I.G., same thing. Right. You know, still top one of the top-selling rappers in the world, but not here to enjoy it. Right. And um, I feel that hip-hop has gotten so big. But to me, hip-hop is music. So music has gotten so big that we digest it, we consume it, but then there's certain people who can appreciate it, yeah. you know, who can really appreciate it. And I mean, can appreciate. I'm going to say appreciate all forms of it. Yeah. You know, uh, I, love, I, I love I love hip hop. That's like my number one. You mm-hmm. know, but I don't think you can really, to me, fully appreciate music, 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 without listening to other uh, sounds, mm-hmm. genres. And, and as a matter of fact, to me, hip hop is the ultimate indicator of that mm-hmm. because the best producers—that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Like the the really amazing producers, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the ones and they, they, a lot of them are troubled, but yeah. the really amazing producers like Kanye West. Like Jay Dillard. Like Jay, may rest in peace. Yeah. So many rest in pieces here. Uh, Dr. Dre, yep. you know, Timberland, mm-hmm. you know, that's, uh, Pharrell. Yep. They're inspired by I'm him. not gonna say him. this other guy's name cause, because of the pedophile, I'm not gonna say his name. Yeah. Um. But, you know, but, and, 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 and that's why I said that a lot of them are troubled too. Yeah. There's something about music, expression, art,
0: Intention. Intention. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say conflict. You know that music allows it to. I'm gonna say yeah, music allows it. It allows it to exist, and it allows it to be normalized, Mm
0: -hmm. depending
1: on the population that you're around. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like there's Satan music. Mm -hmm. There's there's a community for that. There's like racist music. There's a community for it. You know, uh, there's sexist music. I'm a part of that community, but uh, I don't play in that. <laughs> yeah, I don't play in it, but I'm a part of it. Yeah. So, you know, music really is just an amazing um, thing. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be... i right. no, supposed okay. to have a meeting with Danielle at 3. Yeah.
0: Just... It's now... It's at 3.30 or 3? No, it's at 3.00. It's at 3.00. Okay, so yeah. we should we should wrap up. Yeah. Um. Not
1: that I want to, trust me.
0: Yeah, no, it's been a really good conversation. Yeah, man. Wow. Do you have any wrap-up thoughts before we go?
1: Yes, um... Art to me, expression. Mm. Music is art, okay. And then hip hop to me, expressing myself through music. But hip hop is music, and I think that if I was to break them both down, it's a science behind it. Mm. And to me, that's what forestry is. It's the art and science behind forestry. Mm. So that's why when I'm outside, you know, the music of the universe hits me faster now. Than a booming car driving by. Mm. If a car driving by playing music, and I'm talking, and I love like Kendrick Lamar and they're playing it, mm. I actually add them to try to tune it out. Mm. I'm like, I'll listen to UK Dot later. Mm. I need this. I'll to listen to you listen to on this. the train. Thank you. Mm. I'll, I need this now.
0: Yep. <laughs> we'll let that one sit. Thanks, folks. We'll
1: see you next week. All right. Hardwood is recorded at the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies in New Haven, Connecticut. Hosted by Dr. Thomas Richard Easley and produced and edited by Mr. Chris Perkins. We'll see you next week.